So I want you to welcome with me with one of the most generous, one of the most gracious, one of the most, uh, uh, the loudest welcomes we've ever given anybody in the history of Coastline to our speaker today, because she is awesome. Stand up with me on your feet, and would you welcome with me to the stage this morning, Ms. Lindsay Clifford. You guys, you better sit down if you want to see your speaker. <laughs> should, should I move this right here? Okay, okay. Um, I love Aaron. He makes me feel bigger than I am. Um, we are doing Your Story, Your Life Bible study this fall. It's a great women's study. It's how to live a life of balance. At, with meaning, purpose, and passion. It's a lot of fun. We're going to be covering lots of different issues, everything from eating disorders, intimacy, depression, relationships, marriage, learn how to eat healthy, and then probably at the end of, other month, at the end of the month we'll have a women's luncheon and eat everything unhealthy, but we'll be really happy because it'll be so tasty. But um, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a wonderful study, and I'm really looking forward. Thank you so much for having me this morning. It's my privilege and my honor to be here. And we are just going to have a great time in the fall, women. It is going to be so much fun. It'll be a 22-week study. It's the book of John. We're going to walk through with Jesus. It's just absolutely amazing. We, God write, writes a story for us, and when we know his word, we have his will in our hearts and our lives, and that's when we're going to live life with purpose. So it's, it's just going to be great, and I'm really looking forward to doing this. We're, we're going to have a lot of fun together. Well, God um, has given me a message this morning for the church. It's unity in spirit. And for note takers, I'm going to list the three main components of unity in spirit. And it's based on um, Judges chapters 19 and 20. And the three main components to unity in spirit are one, God brings unity in spirit. So number one, God brings unity in spirit. Two, outside our home, we unite. Outside our home, we unite. Sometimes we have to get outside of home before we can come together. And three, home with Jesus is truly safe. Home with Jesus is truly safe. I believe that God is bringing unity in spirit throughout the world today. I just, it's a sense that I have in my heart. I believe that he's bringing unity in spirit to Southern California. And I have a sense of expectation about Coastline. I believe that God is bringing unity right here to Coastline. And home is very important. Home represents a place where you can relax and be yourself. It's, it's where you just unwind. It's where you go at the end of the day to regroup, refresh, get a good night's rest so you can go out and face the world the next day. It's, it's where we can be real with our loved ones. It's, it's, it's a place of safety. But sometimes we have to get outside our comfort zone. Home represents a comfort zone. And sometimes we have to get outside our comfort zone before 
we can truly unite as one. The Bible speaks of many instances where after a significant event, everyone returned home. In John 7, verse 53, everyone went home after the Jewish leaders argued over Jesus' authority. Nothing had happened. The, the, the Israelites knew the Messiah was coming. Nothing had happened for 400 years. And here comes Jesus in on the scene. He just blasts everyone's expectations out of the water. And for especially the scribes and the Pharisees, Jesus is a square peg trying to fit inside a round hole in their heads. And they're just not doing it. So they're just trying to... This, this Messiah, who is he? And they went home to process this significant event. In Joshua 22, verse 6, Joshua blessed the soldiers after they went to their tents. Now, for the soldiers, they were on the move. They had just conquered the land of Canaan. God had given Israel the promised land. Joshua was admonishing them. He was going over the Ten Commandments. He was encouraging them, exhorting them, and giving them all that God had spoken through Moses. Then the soldiers went back to regroup and refuel and refresh. They had been fighting hard. And they went back to their tents to, to, to get a good night's rest. I'm sure they needed to eat well and, and just get a good night's rest. In Joshua, I'm sorry, in, in 2 Kings 14, 12, when Judah was routed by Israel, every man fled to his home. They were on, they were running for their lives. And in Matthew 9, verse 7, the paralyzed man got up and went home after Jesus healed him. So, so this man went home to live out the healing that, that God had for him. So these are all significant events that happen. Home is important. When God says something in his word, he says it for a reason. So obviously, home is important. There's one story in the Bible where everyone did not go home. And that's in Judges chapters 19 and 20. It's, it's a, a huge event, a big story. I'm not going to read that. We won't read the whole thing this morning. But I will recap it for you. A Levite priest was traveling with his servant and his concubine. They got caught in a horrible predicament. During this time when he was on his way home, if you got caught outside a city, you were risking your possessions. It's, 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 it wasn't much different then than it, than it is today. If you're caught on the wrong street in Detroit, you risk your life. There are certain cities, there are certain places in the U.S. throughout the world where it's a risky place to be walking. And he, they were risking their possessions, they were risking their lives. A man saw them, invited them into his home, but he wasn't the only one who saw this Levite priest walk in with his servant and his concubine. There were some other men who were living very perverted lives, and they came banging on the door. We want that man. We want, we want, to, have, we want to have rape that man. And the host of the home said, don't do this awful thing. Please, don't do this. And he gave the men the Levite's concubine. She was gang-raped and murdered. The Levite priest was so distraught, he took the body home, dismembered her, then sent the 12 pieces of her body to the 12 tribes of Israel. Can you imagine 
an overnight package arriving at your house. You open the package and there's a bloody arm. What, what, what would you do with that? Where would you go with that? The people of Israel were in such shock over this evil in their country, they refused to go home until this crime, this heinous, atrocious crime was vindicated. The passion of the situation transported them. They had to get outside their home into a place of unity. In Judges, if you're there in Judges chapter 20, verse 8, I'm going to read aloud that scripture. So all the people arose as one man saying, none of us will go to his tent, nor will any turn back to his house. And in Judges chapter 20, verse 11, so all the men of Israel were gathered together against the city and united together as one man. This wasn't just a physical union. They weren't just getting together physically. In Judges chapter 20, verse 23, they came before the Lord and God saw them as one man. They were coming together in spirit. And spirit here is so important because spirit is where God meets man. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17, whoever is united in the Lord is one in spirit with him. We need to understand God made us spirit, soul, and body. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 reads, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. The spirit is separate from the soul and body. The spirit realm is separate from the physical realm. The, the physical represents the visible, while the spiritual represents the eternal unseen world. Because in 2 Corinthians 4.18, what is seen is temporary, but is, what is unseen is eternal. So the Israelites had to get outside their physical home. They got outside the physical. God used the soul realm. God used their emotions that, that anger, that passion, to transport them into the realm of the spirit. And they came, became united as one in spirit. Just like today, we had to get outside our physical homes. We all got, we got, got outside our little comfort zone and got up and got dressed to come together as one. We're here as one in church. We're here at one church. We're here at Coastline today. So, so the spirit is separate from the, the, the soul and body, and, and Jesus set the example for us. He, he showed us the example on how to learn how to be comfortable living in the spiritual realm. He said in Luke chapter 9, verse 58, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Jesus had the advantage of already knowing what his spiritual home looked like, and he was busy building God's kingdom. And I think Jesus has a special place in his heart for every person who's ever been without a home, because Jesus did not have a physical home while he was on this earth. So Jesus has incredible, uh, incredible compassion, but he, his eyes were fixed on an eternal dwelling. And this was a time of anarchy and apostasy, not much different than the way we see life live today. 
It was a time of convoluted living. Sin convolutes a whole healthy spiritual life. Their sin was so intertwined with their moral gauge, it tainted their whole perspective. In Judges chapter 19, verses 23 and 24, if you'd like to read it aloud with me, if you've got your Bibles. But the man, the master of the house, went out to them and said to them, No, my brethren, I beg you, do not act so wickedly. Seeing this man has come into my house, do not commit this outrage. Look, here's my virgin daughter and the man's concubine. Let me bring them out to you now. Humble them and do with them as you please. But to this man do not do such a vile thing. Now how twisted is that? Don't rape this man. Here, rape this person instead. They're, 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 they, they filtered everything through such a distorted perspective. I, I just had the oil changed on my car, and, and I had to get the air filter clean too, because if my air filter didn't get clean, my car loses its optimum performance. And we are living in a day and age of convoluted living, where you sometimes, you can't tell the difference between the, the person who's a believer and the person who's not. And this is why I believe Jesus said in Matthew 13, verse 29, he doesn't want the wheat and the tares separated until the end. Because sometimes we can't tell the difference. He wants as many people as possible to come to know him. In God's eyes, the boundaries are clear, and we need to separate from sin. We need to get out of our comfort zone and find the safety that Jesus offers in our hearts. God took the tribe, he took the people of Israel outside their comfort zone, outside their physical home, outside their comfort zone, moved through their anger, and brought them into the spiritual realm. In Judges Chapter 20, verse 1, if I can read that one out loud, I'm just reading little bits and pieces of both Judges 19 and 20, but in chapter 20, verse 1, so all the children of Israel came out from Dan to Beersheba, as well as from the land of Gilead, and the congregation gathered together as one man before the Lord at Mizpah. God saw one man. He saw the people united in spirit. He gets us outside our physical home to bring us together as one so that we can be united as one. Physical home represents our comfort zone, and we have to get outside our comfort zone if we want to become one in spirit. They were moved by a passion so great. It got them outside. It got them outside of their expectations. It got them outside of what they thought things ought to be. Sometimes we get so stuck in our own thinking, in our own, our own sense of self-righteousness. God used their passionate anger to bring them together in spirit. And God will move through us when we find a passion so great, it gets us outside of our comfort zone so that we can be united in spirit. The greatest passion that will ever unite us in spirit is Jesus. He's the only one worth living for 
and worth dying for. And he uses the physical things of this world to lead us to his spiritual principles. Jesus didn't just talk the talk. He walked the walk. We're really good about talking up, you know, blah, 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 blah. But are we walking the walk? Am I walking? Am I doing it? Jesus lived not by, we, we can pick up the Bible and read it, but Jesus was doing it. He was feeding, he was serving, he was healing, he was forgiving, he was listening. He was present. He was there. The practical principles he lived helped his followers understand the spiritual life going on before, be, be, behind the physical miracles that he was doing. When Jesus fed the 5,000, do you think that he was just, just feeding them bread and water? Do you, think, do, you, do you think that that's all that the people wanted? They were hungering spiritually. Jesus fed them in their hearts. Not on bread alone is man to live, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus fed them in every way. They wanted more. Hey, hey, if, if this is what this man is all about, I want more. Because we're all created with a God void. It's got to be filled. We're, we're going to fill it with something. Whether, whether it's a, a, a lifestyle. You know, we always hear about drugs and sex or eating. But we can fill that void with lots of, lots of different things. Whatever going, whatever, I, I've heard it said that whatever is going inside my mind is my higher power. What am I, what am I thinking about? What am I building on? What, what is most important to me? We make Jesus comfortable at home in our hearts when we get outside our comfort zone and build on our relationship with him. Why don't you invite Jesus into the home of your heart? He never abandons us or forsakes us. He always brings us comfort and keeps us safe. And it's an eternal comfort. It's a comfort that never goes away because he's always with us. Our spiritual home with Jesus is where we're truly safe. Are you building your spiritual home or are you building your physical home? What you feed grows. I moved, we, we moved into a, a, a new house last summer and, and it's great. It's, it's, it's a lot of work and, and it's a lot of time getting everything right and, and um, getting everything um, situated just where I want it. But you know what? Even then, we still have leaking plumbing issues. We still have electrical issues. All that beautiful paint that was perfect on the wall. It just took one game of foosball, and the kids are kicking against the wall, and the walls are all messed up. And it's my, my, my physical home's going to rot away. So, so, so what am I going to put my emphasis on? It's, it's right here. The only thing we can take to heaven is each other. Am I making my home a safe place? Am I building on my relationship? Am I, am I, it, does Jesus feel comfortable living inside my home? And Jesus will even build our spiritual home for us. John 14, 23. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we, he, we will come to them and make our home with them. Jesus does it for me. All I need to do is love him. When Jesus is home in your heart, you're safe. A physical home can be a wonderful place, but for many, a physical home is not always safe. Read with me, for any of you who have your Bibles out, 
in Judges 19.27, when her master arose in the morning and opened the doors of the house and went to go his way, there was his concubine fallen at the door of the house with her hands on the threshold. She died reaching out to the threshold of a physical house that wasn't safe. The Hebrew translation for threshold is saf, which is either a container or, or a basin, or in this, in this story, saf is a doorpost or a gate. And the pinah, or the cornerstone, was a large boulder that supported the home. And the pinah of the home, back in the day, was considered the most sacred part of the house. And the second most sacred part of the house was the, was the threshold, where you step over. Is Jesus the cornerstone of your home? Is the threshold of your heart safe? Are you making your spiritual home safe for others? Let's turn now to Mark chapter 5 and look at a story about another woman who was reaching out. And she was desperate also. She, this woman had been bleeding for 12 years, and let me tell you right now, if I had been bleeding for 12 years, I probably wouldn't even be standing here. This woman had been bleeding for 12 years. She was probably anemic. She was very weak, but she was very desperate. And she heard something in Jesus. She saw something in Jesus that she had never heard or seen before. She heard hope. She saw hope for her condition. When she heard about Jesus, re reading from uh, chap chapter, Mark chapter 5, beginning with verse 27, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. In that moment she was healed. When the woman touched the hem of Jesus' garment, it was like coming to the threshold of his house, and she was immediately healed. She put her faith in Jesus as her cornerstone. Is Jesus the cornerstone of your life? Is your threshold a safe place to cross, other, cross over so when someone else is in need, they find a place of healing and safety? Is your threshold consecrated and safe? Now turn with me to Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16. I love the NIV translation of Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16. So this is what the Sovereign Lord says. See, I lay in Zion a stone, a tested stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone for a sure foundation. The one who relies on it will never be stricken with panic. I love that translation. When we rely on Jesus, we will never be stricken with panic. One woman suffering severe trauma reached out to an unsafe threshold and died there. Another woman desperate, bleeding for 12 years. Her, her, her days were probably numbered. She reached out to a safe threshold and she was healed.
She found a threshold of healing, the hem of Jesus' garment. She wasn't stricken with panic. She wasn't rejected. She wasn't told to take a ticket and come back later. She wasn't given a formula to follow. She wasn't turned away. In that moment, she was healed. How many times do we place contingency clauses on our relationships with other people when someone comes to us in need? And they, all they need is, they, they just want to be loved. They, 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 they don't even have a big agenda. So many, when we read between the lines when someone's coming up to us, most of the time, someone just needs to be loved and validated. When you invite Jesus over the corner, over the threshold, and into your heart, you will be healed. You'll be safe. And you make your spiritual home a safe place for others so that when they reach out over the threshold of your heart, they find a place of love and safety. You make yourself available to love others like Jesus, and this is what brings unity. You get, we get outside our own preconceived expectations. And we build on our spiritual home because it's the only one that lasts. Our spiritual home is the only one that brings hope because I am so happy I can live at peace inside my own skin because I build on my relationship with Jesus. And when I don't and I get all fearful and afraid and I, I feel bad, I can't help anyone else. Jesus said, love others as you love yourself. We're loving ourselves when we're, when we're building on our spiritual home and making Jesus Lord. God is bringing unity to coastline. I do believe this. And sometimes we have to go outside our home before we come together as one. Will you go outside your comfort zone? When we share the same passion, when we share the love of Jesus as our story and judges, the tribes of Israel shared a single passion that said, that caused them to say, no, we will not go home. And we, as we share the passion of Jesus, as we share the passion of his love, we will come together unified in spirit and we make it safe for each other to come together as one. Our spiritual home in our hearts with Jesus, this is where we're truly safe. Together, this is where we find unity. Do you put the focus on your spiritual home in your heart? Do you ever think about eternity? I know that so many times I get so busy and caught up in the day that I forget about Jesus. And really, what Jesus wants he wants us to he wants us to have fun. He wants us I like to live I like to live hard, work hard, play hard. I want to live like a like live life like a rag. I want to squeeze every drop that I can out of it. I God has given me a wonderful life and I thank God every day. It is not easy and I have plenty of I have plenty of trouble, but God promised to deliver me. He promised to deliver all of us out of all trouble. All he wants to do is walk alongside me. The best gift I can give Jesus is to think about him and love him and say, Jesus, thank you for being with me. Because he said, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So when you build your spiritual home in your heart with Jesus, you fill it with his love. And when someone in need comes to your threshold, 
they find a good place, a warm and comforting place to be safe. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful day, this beautiful day. Thank you that each one of us got outside of our home to come together in this one precious church. And God, may your sweet, wonderful words that bring joy and peace, bring joy and peace to each heart here, each person here. And may we learn to live outside our comfort zone, outside our own sense of expectation of how we think things ought to be, and just give you a chance. Take a risk and give you a chance. Let you into our hearts. We accept you right now and receive your love and thank you for being with us. Heavenly Father, bring unity in our hearts and in our minds. Bring us as one in spirit and make the threshold of our heart a safe place so that when we see someone in need, they can reach out and be safe. Thank you, God. Thank you for your precious son, Jesus, who left the comfort of heaven, who left the comfort of eternal goodness and love. He came and risked his life and gave his all so that we could share in your love and your goodness forever. In Jesus' holy and wonderful name.